Well, this is the second of two prophetic words that I feel God's given us for this year. The first one was that there are things God wants to do in our church, in your life, in large territory, breakthrough, open doors, but they're not going to happen without increased prayer. The first word is that we've got to take, you have to take your praying to the next level to see God do some of the things that are in your heart that you want Him and you know that He wants to do in your life. Your prayers determine your future. If you'll pray more, God is going to bless you a whole lot more. Now, the second word, that, and in fact, based on that, it was great. Last week, we saw, you know, the numbers at the pre-service on Sunday night, 5.15, and at the sun, uh, Thursday night, on uh, seven, uh, 6 p.m. on Thursday night, we saw both of them increase significantly in attendance. It's always great when people respond and become doers of the Word. It was very exciting to see, but hey, I know, and I've been around long enough, I want to see how many are there this week and in two months and three months' time. But there was a great response. Also, more signed up for 24-7. So, hey, we made some progress. Let's keep progressing. But the second word that I feel is for us for this year is it's two words and it is open heaven. Open heaven. Now you've heard others say that it's a prophetic word. David and Greta said that's a prophetic word for this year. But I'm sharing from my heart now, I believe God wants to open the heavens wider over your life over my life, over our church. How many of you would like a greater open heaven over your life? Quite a few of you don't, but that's okay. Quite, some of you do, but others, if you don't want it, we'll talk about those that actually don't want it and tell you what happens when, when you're in that category, but that's all right. Hey, it's a freedom, freedom of choice, isn't it? Some want an open heaven, others not so concerned about it. But that's the word, and you know, these two words are connected. Isn't it interesting? Hey, God says increased prayer and open heaven. I'm telling you this. You see, prophetic words are a declaration of God's will, desire, and plan, but they're no guarantee that they're going to happen. Some might say, hey, you, Pastor, we went through a whole year. There's no great open heaven. Well, that's not my fault. We've got to fulfill the conditions that bring the open heaven to us. And I know this is real. I have been personally enjoying, seriously, a greater open heaven over my life for the last six months. This wasn't just for one day or one week. This is six months. Continue to still there yesterday. Just God's presence, His voice, and you know, just, just being stirred in my spirit and enjoying God more than I probably have for a long, long time. And it's a biblical concept. Remember when the disciples said, Jesus teaches to pray? What did He say? He said, your kingdom come. This is what to pray. Your kingdom come on earth, earth as it is in heaven. So this is biblical heaven coming to earth. So what does an open heaven for you, for me, look like? Let's go to Deuteronomy 28 and verse 12 and 13. It says this, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, here it is, to give rain to your land in its season, to bless, listen to this, all, everyone say all, the work of your hand. Who reckons that's cool? You'll lend to many nations, not borrow the Lord will make you the head, you're the winner, overcome a victor, not the tail. You shall be above only, not beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So, you get rain on your land in season. In other words, God's favor is on your life. Secondly, He will bless all the work of your hands. It's like everything you do. You have the Midas touch. It just turns to gold. It just happens. Because why? There's an open heaven that's come. Thirdly, there's financial blessing. You'll lend to many nations, but not borrow. 
There's victory. You walk in victory. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail above, not beneath. There's a condition, by the way, that's thrown in. If, everyone say if. Yeah. What? You obey the commands of the Lord. You can't go and sin all week and expect an open heaven. Believe me, it's not going to happen. You've got to obey the word of the Lord. Fifthly, there's a sudden invasion of God. Malachi 3, 1, the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. I want to look with you this morning at six aspects of an open heaven. The first one is an abundance of God's word, manna from heaven. So we're going to find this in Psalm 78, verse 23 and 24. It says, Yet he had commanded the clouds above and opened, here it is, the doors of heaven. Heaven opened, what happened? He rained down manna on them to eat and has given them of the bread of heaven. This, I believe, also speaks, you know, open heaven is more than just natural blessings. It's also spiritual blessings. And manna from heaven, I'd like to suggest that that can also speak of spiritual food that satisfies us in the depths of our being. God's word comes alive as it has for me, for many of us, when there's an open heaven. You read the Bible and it's exciting. Job 23, 12, I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Isn't that good? Psalm 19, 103, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. So you're reading God's word and you eat a bit of it and, oh, wow, like honey. You think, this is amazing. And you know what happens is you feel well fed. And when you're well fed, you're strengthened in your walk and life. And faith comes into your spirit and you're ready to handle the challenges of life. Friend, this is an open heaven. You know, you and God interacting through his word, receiving faith, receiving nourishment, strength, encouragement, and, uh, you know, the ability to handle all the challenges of life. But also, friends, heaven can be closed. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 23. Read it here. And your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze. When heaven over you is bronze, guess what happens on earth? The earth which is under you shall be iron. Wow. So, when the heavens are brass, listen, because you may fall into this category. When the heavens are closed, we struggle in just about every area of life. We struggle in our work. We struggle with our worship. We struggle in our prayer life. Living for God, life becomes very, very difficult. Heaven is shut, earth is difficult. That's what happens, friends. Have you ever prayed and it was like God is nowhere in sight? Heaven's a brass, you look like you're just hitting your head against the wall, the prayers hit the ceiling, come back and knock you out. When the heavens are closed, the earth beneath fails to yield increase. Everything seems to dry up. Financially, it gets tough. Relationships, so hard, so difficult. Sin, addictions, all increase. In the nation, the tide of the Spirit goes out, as we've been hearing. And Christianity has little influence. Heaven, brass, earth, iron, hard work. 
as salt and light. Christians make limited difference. Wickedness increases. Even serving God, the ground is hard. You plow, you, you, you work, you labor, but there's limited progress and success. And see, friends, when heavens are closed, as I believe they are, to a significant measure in our nation, one of the things that's going to happen is it's going to bring us to the end of ourselves. And we're going to begin to come to a place of desperation, and we say, God, unless you come through, we are sunk. Our lives are sunk, our homes are sunk, our nation is going to be overrun by evil. It all sounds like bad news, doesn't it? Here's the good news. God's prophetic word to us is, I'm going to open the heavens. Yeah, sure, they may be brass to a certain measure, but my heart, my will, my desire, my plan is to open the heavens wide and pour out blessing upon you and upon this nation in a tremendous way. One person excited over there. Thank you so much. Whoever you are, well done. You see, God will have the last say. The king has one more move. There will come a great outpouring of the Spirit of God on this land and this nation, and God will open the heavens. But that's his desire. That's his will. That's his plan. But for that to happen, we're going to have to pray a whole lot more because every outbreak of God has been preceded by intensified prayer and increase. And God is looking to us, Church Unlimited, among others, to be a catalyst to help open the heavens over our lives, our church, our community, our nation. We can do it. We are able. God is with us. His Spirit is on us. As we cry out to God, He is able to open the heavens. Remember when the Jews were going to be annihilated in the book of Esther? And it says in Esther 4, verse 40, and I love this, for if you remain completely silent, Church Unlimited, if you don't do this, Church Unlimited, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. God will use someone else. God's going to do it, friends. We have a chance to be key players. But if we don't, but you and your father's house will perish. So that's what's going to happen. Deliverance will come from somewhere. Yet, listen to this, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Friends, you and I, here in 2015, have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe that with all of my heart. Church, this is our day. This is our time. This is our moment in history. This is our destiny. We have an opportunity to shape the future of this nation. We have an opportunity to open the heavens wide. We have an opportunity to be a part of making history in this nation. If you will dare to believe it. And I'll explore that a bit more tonight of what we have to do in order to be a part of what wants, God wants to do in our lives and in our nation. Wouldn't you love to be a part of shaping the future of our nation? You want vision? You want purpose in your life? You want future? You want hope, friends? I've just given it to you. Your purpose is to shape the destiny and the future of this nation with many others joining together. 
It's a huge calling. Number two, second aspect of an open heaven is the power of God. I read this account of a tremendous outpouring of healings and miracles that took place a number of years ago. Hundreds were healed and saved. Some nights, some nights 40 to 50 people were baptized, brand new believers. It was a tremendous open heaven of God's power. In one service, a preacher says this, and I quote, he said, I saw heaven open. Wow, wouldn't you like that? He said, it was like a hole tore open in the air. I've had that word over my life recently, by the way. And I saw a glory light like a pillar come out of this portal. Come on, God, I want to see this myself. Then I saw a 14 to 20 foot angel in the pulpit. And God told me it was like the angel in John 5 that came down at a certain season to stir the waters at the pool of Bethesda. And multitudes of lame, blind, sick, and paralyzed were healed. When the heavens open up, friends, the power of God begins to be demonstrated in extraordinary and amazing ways. And I'm telling you, church, God is saying, Church Unlimited, I want to open the heavens over this congregation this year. But we've got to ramp up our praying. Tell the person next to you, we've got to pray more. Tell the person on the other side. So we get excited about the open heaven, friends, but we've got to get excited about the praying as well. Because without the praying, there will be no open heaven. Friends, why is there no open heaven in New Zealand? I'll tell you why. Because the church is not praying like it should be praying. It's as simple as that, friends. It's not complicated. There's not rocket science. The conditions are plain and clear in the Bible. Should we read it? You pray, I move. You don't pray, I don't move. What do they say? Uh, much prayer, much power. Little prayer. Little power, no prayer, no power. Take your choice. <laughs> Wales was an open heaven. I want to read the stories, man. Incredible. Korea, Azusa Street, the Jesus Movement, the Voice of Healing, Brownsville, all open heavens. There's been thousands down through history of open heavens. This is not new Unusual, extreme. This is common. It's happened so many times. That's all great, friends, and I love reading about that. But this is our day. This is our time. You don't want to pass from this life, friends, without having seen an open heaven in your lifetime and a significant move of God's Holy Spirit. God forbid. Do you want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed? You want to cast out demons? Pray under a tremendous anointing of the Holy Spirit. See transformation of streets, your street, community, a city, even a nation. You want to see revival, be very fruitful in serving God. This all happens when there's an open heaven. See, Jesus ministered in some of the toughest soil you could find. The spiritual climate was one of religious spirits and absolute unbelief. Yet what? He had great success. Why? What was the secret? He was, it was an open heaven over his life, and he carried that everywhere 
He went. And there can be an open heaven over a nation, over a city, over a community, over a church, over a person's life. In fact, if there's an open heaven over your life, you're going to carry a breaker's anointing. Wherever you go, something good is going to happen because you carry the open heaven with you. You take it with you wherever you go. The power of God began to function in the ministry of Jesus after heaven opened. Now, before heaven opened, very little happened in the ministry of Jesus. But after it opened, Matthew 3.16 says, When he was baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Number three aspect of an open heaven is servant evangelism. When this preacher I just mentioned saw that angel and saw the open heaven, all these miracles and souls being saved, and what about a phenomenal move of the Spirit of God, they asked him, what do you think contributed to the open heaven? It's interesting what he said. He said servant evangelism. He said it was because the people had been washing cars, giving out free gas vouchers, free hot dogs, cleaning yards for tree. They did it just to show love to their community, the love of God. And you see, the heavens open because faith works by love. When you love, faith grows, God can move. Loving a city, loving a community can help to open the heavens. Then number four, of course, we can't go without talking about prayer just for a moment or two. You're going to hear a lot more about this over the months to come. But let me just read to you from 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. We all know that passage so well. Well, I trust we do. If my people, if you know it, just say it with me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways... Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land? Is there another verse there after that? No, that's it. Okay. All right. I should have started at verse 13. Oh, when I shut up the heavens and there's no rain. There you go, friends. Or I command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Who reckons there's a bit of pestilence in our nation right now? See? I shut the heavens. Then he says, okay, I'll shut the heavens. Now, if. It's pretty simple, eh? When I think about this, sometimes I think, how simple can it be? Anyway, I guess you've still got to do it, don't you? Number five, the veil over nations is removed. Isaiah 25 verse 7 says, He will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations. See, what happens is a veil over nations. It's like principalities, powers, demonic forces that they cover over the nation. And so it's almost like God is unable to move. It's like a blockage to everything that God wants. It's a hindrance to the advance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the veil needs, those powers of darkness need to be removed, and that's only going to happen through prayer. Now, I know people who have seen some of these ruling powers over nations, and they say that it's really interesting. They're usually huge, dark beings, but he's, the people who have seen it say they have huge influence over a nation. They have huge influence over the decisions that government make and the things that take place over a nation. It's, it's their ruling powers, you see. So they're ruling over a nation. And 
Hey, friends, you wonder why the nation's a mess? You wonder why the laws that get passed in this nation that you think are an abomination? I'll tell you why. Because the veil is still there. The principalities are still ruling. And the only thing that's going to change that is earnest, concerted, fervent, passionate prayer by the people of God is the only thing that can remove it. And it can be done. God can do it. We can do it. It's possible to do it. But there's got to be a surge in prayer. You know, 5.15 tonight, before the service tonight, will make a huge difference. Sunday or Thursday, 6 p.m., 24-7 prayer in your personal, wherever it is, uh, we just need to pray. There was an army chaplain who went to Germany and preached his heart out. Nothing happened. Virtually nobody got saved. He was so kind of discouraged. Then he got invited to go to Korea. Not far away. Preached exactly the same messages. And he says there's an outbreak of God. Multitudes got saved. Generals, colonels, incredible success. He couldn't believe it. The question was asked, why? In Germany, zilch. In Korea, thousands, hundreds of thousands being saved. And the answer was this. In Germany at that time, I don't know if it's changed, very, the Christians were not really praying. That spirit of prayer had not really come on the church. And so the powers of darkness were still ruling over the nation. And so all the preaching in the world made very little difference. But in Korea, millions of Christians were crying out to God fervently. Often 5 o'clock in the morning, 10,000 would gather in different places or 5,000 seeking the face of God. The powers of darkness had been removed and there was an open heaven over Korea. And so the same message got unbelievable results. Friends, we don't blame the preacher. We blame the praying that opens the heavens in a situation. So in Korea in 1900, the year 1900, would you believe it? It's a Buddhist nation. Would you believe Buddhist, 2% Christians. Today they say Christianity is somewhere around 30%. That's what happens. 2% Buddhist, 30% Christian. That's what happens when God's people begin to pray, when they begin to cry out and they take seriously the commission and the call to seek the face of heaven and the almighty God. Heaven can open and a nation can be changed. And God is saying, Church Unlimited, I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm giving you a call. Will you respond and cry out like never before? Friends, don't worry about what the person next to you is going to do. You say, you make a decision. Okay, pastor, count me in. I'll be at every prayer meeting I can get to. I'll ramp up my praying at home. I'm hearing the voice of the Spirit that we have an opportunity Who knows whether you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This could be your moment of destiny, friend. It could be. This could be the reason for which you are born and on planet Earth and in this church today for this next few years to open the heavens wide and see God pour out His Spirit across this land. The church should have an open heaven. Genesis 28, as I wrap it up, verse 12, 16, and 18. Jacob dreamed, and a ladder was set up on earth. Its top reached to heaven. I want to see that ladder. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. I'm asking God, God, I need to see a few angels. I do. God opened my eyes to the spirit world. These are serious times. God's wanted to do some incredible things. Friends, these are not just 
throw away prophetic words. Pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. And God will open the heavens to at least a greater measure than we're experiencing now. Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And he was afraid, and and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Friends, it's time for the church, it's time for this church and many churches to be the gate of heaven. It's time for the heavens to open wide over your life, over your family, over your work, over this church, over this city, and over the nations. As the musicians come, the two prophetic words, yes, they are connected. I'm sorry if I've preached with too much passion this morning. But I can't help myself. Because I was born for this time. I was born for such a time as this. And I'm determined this opportunity is not going to pass me by. If we will increase in prayer, God will open the heavens. It's time to pray. It's time for heaven to come to earth. Our combined joint prayer together is, Lord, open the heavens wide. In Jesus' name, amen.